Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And it's another windy night, uh, and it's not October. <laughs> a little confused. I'm a little confused here in Texas where we're at. But I guess it is what it is. Windy it is tonight. And on this windy night, I will be addressing a topic that really comes from an email from uh, a, a lady I would like to call Lynn. And this young lady sent us this email because she needed assistance in that. Uh, to tell you a little bit about her background, she is highly insightful, articulate, and she has gone through trauma in her past. You know, knowing a bit about her story and her background, I can tell you for sure that, whew, you know, if she wanted to continue with this generational hurt, she would have, but she's working on herself. She continuously works on herself. And that's really what I can tell you about her already is that she is taking responsibility for her part and her action, which is much better than the people before her, you know? And that's why I know she is going to change generational patterns here. But before I even get there, friends, you're like, what is this about? <laughs> well, the email that Lynn sent really was about a friendship that she has had for three years. And in the friendship, she uh, started a business with that friend. It appeared to be very close. Obviously, when we start a uh, business with a friend, that means we trust them to a good extent, right? But at one point, this is how it was described in the email is that they stopped, they admitted they both stopped loving each other. And supposedly, uh, they parted on good terms. You know, according to what Lynn was saying, she said that, you know, uh, towards the, uh, the end of that relationship, you know, there was a lot of conflict and arguments and, and, um, the friend ended up giving, her the business, Lynn the business, and Lynn took it over. But then Lynn stated that she ended up seeing her friend kind of respond in like a petty or rude way. And it really started to hurt her. It started to hurt Lynn. And she said, and took responsibility for it. She said, I, I, I know it's because of my past and what I've gone through, but I've learned to defend myself by really hurting people verbally. Um, and when I got hurt, I would usually hurt them back. Or when I felt hurt, I would hurt them back. And she really means verbal. So it became, as she was stating, very toxic because um, she basically got, her anger got kind of consuming all consuming and she's just responding on that anger and she just kind of um it kind of took over for Lynn and I'm glad and I'm grateful that she's admitting it that hey you know I don't want to live in this anger in this resentment towards her it's hard to live in that I want to move beyond it and I think that's a great idea you see like I told you guys Lynn has got it got got it down that she 
takes responsibility for her responses. And she knows when a response is not healthy for her long-term or healthy for her healing. It's not just only the other person, but healthy for her own mental well-being. Let me just tell you something that I've learned in a prison setting. Um, I worked with sex offenders for some years and it was only sex offenders in that side of the prison where I worked. They, each one of them mostly said that they were innocent. They made justifications or excuses for that. But as a therapist, my experience there that no matter what they said, you could feel that they carried the weight around. They would, um, just respond in very defensive way. They did not like themselves. And you could see this as time goes by. They became sicker. Um, the people that were able to admit what they did and take responsibility for it kind of lived in a healthier mindset. They kind of knew what took them there. The people that weren't able to admit their toxicity or their defense mechanisms or their justifications just kind of lived in that denial. And that denial caused them on the inside to deteriorate. You know, I, that's the best way to describe it. And I could even sense it as, as a, as a staff member in that prison. I could feel it. I could feel the darkness in, in there. You can cut the tension, if you know what I mean. Uh, it, it just doesn't go away. So I learned that the human spirit knows when it has wronged someone. It knows it. It knows it deep down inside. And it will not let you live in peace. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand of a lot of people that could not live in peace, no matter how innocent they said they are, justifications, excuses they made for their behavior that was bad, right? Bad behavior. They made excuses for that, but they could not live in peace. I saw it. So the thing I want to tell Lynn is I'm so grateful that she wants to tackle this issue, this uh, ability to uh, decide what she would like to do with this friend and specifically how she would like to communicate that. So this way on her end, she cleans up her side of the streets and that's all she's in control of. She's not in control of other people. She's only control of herself. But like we always say, hurt people, hurt people. One would also say that people that are healed or healing are, of course, healers as well. They are of service to others as well. So a society would be wonderful when all of us are on the path to healing, wouldn't it? But since the path to healing requires us to look at the hurt, that's what we're doing tonight. So there's a few things that we want to get started on. So this way we're not carrying this weight. A friend is, is, is a family member. I've heard it being said that you choose and you know, family members really, it's not, you don't get to choose those <laughs> kind of inherit them, but a friend you don't. And that's lovely. That's a really lovely way to look at it. And also my favorite of all sayings about friends, and I don't know who said this uh, quote, but I, I'm going to, it's my favorite one. And it is said that love is blind, but friends close their eyes. 
So it even tells you the level of uh, acceptance that a good friend will have towards another. Now, if I am hurt and I hurt another person because I am hurt, I'm not really healing anything. I'm creating hurt, pain, and all that will have its consequences emotionally, mentally, not only for myself, but for others. But just like we invite friends into our life, we also have the ability to release them. And a lot of the times we can outgrow friends. We, we really can. Uh, a lot of the times uh, conflict might occur and things just don't work out. But the idea is that we choose those individuals in our life. It's not like our mom or dad where we have to kind of work with that. These individuals, usually we choose. We choose. So we have to see them with clarity as they are, as they are presenting to you. Uh, we don't want to mold a friend. We don't want to make them into something that they're not. We want to see them as they are. So let's say they're great at the beginning and they're good friends and what have you and they're attentive. But eventually something comes up and you get to see them, how they react. And maybe there's disloyalty there. Perhaps there's even hurt there. You know, uh, it's not, a, it's not a unusual that likes attract likes. So if I am a hurt individual, I'm more than likely, um, befriend a person that may sound like me. So again, not, not unusual, not, not far-fetched, Len. But when I know that, when I know that I'm hurt and they are hurt as well, then I realize, okay, I can't really fix them, but I got to take a look at myself. And like I said, Lynn is excellent at that. She takes responsibility for what is hers. Now with friends, I can take them or leave them. If they are not, uh, if they're not showing me characteristics about themselves that are appealing to me, I have to see that with clarity as it is, as it is. Okay. So I cannot make a person be anything different. I just thank God, the universe that uh, that's being revealed to me. And I don't, I just need to see it as is. So if the person, if the friend becomes rude, disloyal, gossips about me, I just need to see it. What I don't want people to do is to go back and do the same thing that they do. Right. Because then at that point, it's like, uh, my attempt to correct them <laughs> and to use maybe like the techniques of that is kind of like vengeful techniques will only just entice two people to continue to fight and argue. I am not leveling up this situation in any way. I'm not mentally, emotionally, spiritually leveling up this situation or this interaction with the friend. So, I need to stop responding on my anger. I need to take a look at the anger. Anger is not an indicator of any truth. It just indicates that there is a part of me that is offended. But again, being offended doesn't mean that a person was trying to offend me. A lot of times they are hurt themselves and they'll say things and um, even say things to in an attempt to Per, to on purpose hurt me, but that's a hurtful person. That's a person who's not, uh, you know, well emotionally, right? I, I, a lot of times I feel like I want to protect that individual from themselves by not responding 
in the in a way where I can harm them, knowing darn well they're angry and hurt and all that. Um, because imagine me as a therapist, if somebody, uh, and this has happened to me, <laughs> okay, it's not, it's not unusual for a therapist to, uh, be told off or cussed out or, uh, for a person to become offended at something, even though my intentions at all do not, uh, it, it do not, uh, are not that at all to, to harm anybody, but a person can take it and however, way they want to interpret it. I have no control over that. The only thing I could do is maybe clarify for the individual, uh, try to make something right. But in the end, they have to uh, alter their vision uh, and their interpretation of my responses. So that would be with every human being. We don't want to alter somebody else's responses, attempt to teach them a lesson, attempt to teach them how to respond better to us and get angry back because I've been hurt. What we want to do with anger is learn from it. My anger, especially not only other people's anger, I want to learn from my own anger. My anger refers to, in this case, possibly an insecurity, maybe an insecurity of, um, that having to do with attachment. I uh, got a look at a friendship as a person that chooses to step into my life and at any time they can choose to walk out. And that's the case truthfully with any human being, but families tend to have more of an obligation where friends really don't, like I said, they don't really have an obligation to stay with you or not stay with you. So we get to choose those individuals. Sometimes we'll stay with a friend for a long time. And most of the time we might outgrow our friends from high school. Then we'll go to college or whatever happens later. And then we might just find new people as we come, uh, come into our next phase in life. And that's normal. Learning how to look at my anger as a way to give me a warning rather than making it the impulse to react. If I've been hurt before in the past, and like we've known about Lynn, Lynn has been kind of hurt in the past and really hurt in the past emotionally from people that she's loved. And so she could have uh, an immediate reaction to protect herself and she even says it. She said, I will hurt somebody as a way to control the situation. And it makes sense that that's a defense mechanism, right? A self-preserving defense mechanism where I, I'm, I'm going to quickly take control. And, uh, so this way, uh, I don't have to hurt. I don't want to be vulnerable anymore. But this, like I said, eventually deteriorates us on the inside because the, the friendship that I want from that person, the loyalty, the love, the compassion, the understanding, I am not an example of. So it means that they're going to, they're going to only respond to what I give them. Yep. <laughs> so it takes two to tango. Like I said, if there's two people perceiving that the other person is a problem and the other person, and they're blaming each other back and forth, right? More than likely, nobody's going to drop their sword. So in order for me to disarm somebody, have them drop their sword, I got to drop mine first. And I don't mean by dropping it, like I apologize for things I didn't do or I, I do passive aggressive shit. No, no, no. I mean like really just drop the sword. People cannot fight if my sword is not up. 
right? It makes sense. They're not going to fight me back. So the idea is to be compassionate to myself that I am hurt. And I want to be the friend. Get this. I want to be the friend that I wanted to see her be. Oh boy. Let me repeat that again. I want to be the friend I wanted her to be. So if I wanted trust, compassion, understanding, kindness, I'm going to give that to her. And sometimes com- kindness means I'm, I, I have boundaries, you know, it doesn't mean they're, you know, stiff and rigid and, uh, don't come near me. You know, it doesn't mean that. It just means, you know, if, uh, if a person just raises their voice or something, you just like, I, I understand, you know, when you feel a little bit better, I will call you back and we'll talk a little bit more or, uh, meet the person really in an understanding way. Again, I'm not going to keep fighting with someone who understands me. We convey understanding by giving eye contact, by giving certain simple gestures like nodding our head towards that person, leaning forward, showing interest. These are just basic actions that we can do. It'll tell the person that, hey, I'm, I'm, I hear you. Not hear my pain, not hear my offense. I hear you. And a lot of times when we're offended or hurt, we only hear our own offense and our own hurt. But that's where the upgrade for our healing comes in. We start taking responsibility for what we're becoming offended about. So no matter what that person says, if it is not true, then it is not true. And the the thing that hurts us the most isn't necessarily what they said, what they did. It's whatever expectations we had of them that they did not meet. <laughs> what if we basically is just not a broken heart. It's broken expectations at that point. That's what, the, what, what you're looking at. That's what you're feeling, that resentment. So maybe I expected this friend to be non-judgmental. I expected this friend to be uh, compassionate, unconditionally loving. I expected, expected this friend to be trustworthy, you know, but these expectations, some of them may have not been met at which point that's the part that hurts. That's the part because they'll say something that is like, why did you say that? You're a friend of mine. Why, how could you say that again? That's just referring to the expectations that were not met in our own mind about this person, about this friend. That's what we really are in pain about. So when we start understanding the situation to heal it, I got to know what my expectations of that friend was, were. Um, what were they? The, you know, that I did not expect her to act, to act or react or say those things. What didn't I expect? You know, uh, and ask yourself, is she allowed to be everything that she's showing you? And the answer should be, yes, she's allowed to show you everything that she's showing you. As hard as it is, it is the truth. What we're not allowed to do with the truth, which is going to end up kicking in our ass later, is to sit in denial and not see it. Like we want to, we want to say is like, she should have been, she should have said, she shouldn't have said, how could she say it? She shouldn't have been, right? And then stay in that denial uh, lingo within our mind. That's the part that just, it just keeps, keeps us stuck emotionally. We're not going to heal from it. So healing requires us to see the person as they are, not as my expectations, because that will disappoint me. 
And I, and I love knowing that because then I'll start loving people where they're at with all the little traits that they have and everything. And then from that place, I can make decisions to make appropriate boundaries with them. Even boundaries that they, you know, they could, it doesn't have to be significant where I'm like, stop, don't come near me. You know, stop calling me. It could be something simple where we just talk about superficial stuff. We don't have to go into depth on certain topics or, um, you know, we limit our discussions only about work, perhaps, you know, uh, whatever the case is. But I think Lynn, you'll figure out what you need to do. So this way you're seeing her as she is. She's allowed to be whatever she is. You're allowed to see and make decisions based on that. We're not allowed <laughs> to, uh, feel the offense due to the, to the expectations she did not meet, right? Are my own expectations she did not meet. And then I'm going to react on that. I don't think we like that. Now you're telling me, I, I don't like it. I don't like, you know, how angry I get. And it's basically because of the expectations that I have of this person that did not meet. I just need to see her as is, as is. And take her or leave her as it is. Opening a karmic cycle in which I am hurting another human being and then they're going to hurt me back and I'm going to, somebody has to put the sword down. The one that puts the sword down ends this karmic cycle, neutralizes it in some cases, if it's possible. And that's a good thing. We want to neutralize karma here. We don't want good or bad karma to build. We want to neutralize the hell out of it. So let's neutralize it. Let's take responsibility for what is ours. And when we see an injured individual, a hurt individual, and we know darn well what their hurt is about, because most of the time, we, if we interpret it really well, if we spot it, we probably got it. <laughs> Whatever it is that pisses us off about their intentions and that that's what we're interpreting, it's probably what we have too. And so isn't it nice to know that, Hey, I, I'm, I'm that hurt person too. I even understand their hurt so well. I can interpret it in my head. <laughs> I know what they're thinking. I know what they're feeling. That's how I know because I got it too. So let's heal that. I want to be the person that becomes the healer in situations, brings light to things. Um, whether if I'm waiting for a person to deserve that or not from me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still not getting it. You know, I can't treat a person kindly because they deserve it or not. I treat a person kindly because I deserve the feeling of me treating someone kindly rather than me uh, treating someone in a nasty way and then hating myself for that later. I don't deserve that. I deserve to treat a person gently and kindly. Uh, so I can like myself for it later. That's what I'm talking about here. That's what we're talking about. But in order for us to do the right thing with a person, we have to go beyond the feeling, meaning that if I feel offended, I must not react on it as if it is the truth. Offense is just offense. Whatever interpretations or expectations I made, that's what I did. But the right response will always be the right response if I ask myself, Right. And what I mean by the right response would be the response that's most gentle, compassionate, something I'll like myself for later. Okay. That's what the right response is. So I can still feel angry, feel offended and ask myself, okay, Tala, what's the right response here? And that's the one I want to do. This is how I upgrade, move beyond my feelings. And in some circles, some biblical circles, they might call that as, uh, living 
in the spirit, moving beyond the flesh, right? And so that's kind of what we want to do here. We want to move in a move beyond the feeling, the fleshy feelings. <laughs> we want to, oh man, we want to recognize they're there. They're there. But my response, if I really evaluate, see, sit down with myself for a second, my right response will be clear to me. If I ask my mind, it will, it will show me, it will be revealed to me what the right response is. The compassionate, loving, kind response that I will like myself for later. So that's how you change this pattern. Because if I continue to fight back, you know, uh, it'll just keep going and I won't like myself for it. And of course I'm, I'll be hurting another person. Like I said, that never feels good. And I carry that in my conscience and I want everybody to have a clear conscience because they've done the right response. Even when it felt like hell, <laughs> even if it felt like, uh, like I'm bursting with anger, I'm on fire. People can still do the right response. People can still do, do, do the right thing. And somehow if we do the right thing with someone over and over again, eventually, eventually they might drop their sword too. They might realize you're not a threat either. And if they don't realize it, that means, Hey, you've just, it's a compliment to you. That means it's, you've just gone beyond where they're at and we're no longer in the same place fighting each other. I am really beyond fighting. I, I, I'm at peace. And so they, they may not even have the ability to get that you're at peace, which is again, a compliment. So leave them where they're at. Let them resolve this issue. And the universe at this point is showing you to move on. Yeah lovingly and kindly move on. So friendships are great, right? Friendships are great. Just remember they are a decision or a choice that we make to invite this person in our life. And we evolve as humans. So it would make sense that some of our friends also will, uh, and our choices in our friends will evolve as well. There are different friends in our lifetime that we meet to help us through certain situations. And Lynn, you're the only one that knows why you met her. Go back to that place of why you trusted her enough to start a business. Seek from that place of love, knowing that she has the possibility and the capability of that wonderful place where you guys met at one point and became business partners and loving you know, you don't have to remind her of that verbally. You remind her of that in the way you're responding to her. You know, just remember that memory. Keep that in your heart. Keep that in your memory at the forefront when you are speaking to this person or when you're seeing an email from them or whatever the case is, you know. The truth is, I'll, I may never know what they're going to think and feel uh, about me uh, unless I ask about it and I ask friends or, you know, uh, people that know that person. So I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop asking uh, about that friend in that way. So this way I don't involve other people in the story. For example, let's just say if we're doing that, but maybe we're not. But let's say we're doing that. We're going to stop all that. No gossiping, no 
um, talking about this friend to another person, another friend, uh, specifically another friend. You know, we don't want to do that. We just want to resolve it within us because, you know, the hurt, the pain just needs to be transformed. And it can, Lynn. You've done a lot of work already. I know you have. I can feel it. And to work out the threat that you might perceive people as at times because of your past, you know, the, the resolution for that, the cure for that is ultimately to be free of thinking any human is a threat as they are not. They are not. Nobody knows you better than you do. But what could be threatening is your expectations of them, which at times may not let you see who they really are and and what they really have to offer and just meeting them where they're at, you know, meeting them where they're at, not expecting so much of them at which point they might not perform and then I'm going to get broken hearted about it. I need to see people as they are, not what I want them to be, but as they are. And from that place, I'm telling you, we can all make a decision whether we want to continue with that friendship or slowly back out, <laughs> you know, but it's such an important topic. Thank you so much, Lynn, for bringing it down to us so we can all take a look at that, you know, take a look at, you know, the friendships that turned sour. What does that mean about our story, our where we're at emotionally. What does it all mean? I hope this helped you, Lynn. I hope this kind of answered your question. And I know you'll contemplate and you'll do what you think is the right response. I know you will. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Uh, man, it's been a blessing to get uh, an email from Lynn. I haven't heard from you for a little bit, so I'm glad to get one. I'm very, very glad. Thank you so much. Letting me know where you're at and that you continue to work. Oh, that was, that's an inspiration. You continue working on yourself. Man, oh man, I'm inspired. Thank you so much, Lynn. We love you and we're all sending you love and light. And remember, love is blind. Friendship closes its eyes. This has been an episode of drive through.